start talking about why doesn't PBC have any professional women signed? And that kind of was the segue into our conversation about opportunity for women, opportunity of why I was doing what I was doing, why I would rent a motorhome, why I would bring, you know, and do that for the kids. Why would I bring a team of Canadian females down to El Centro? Like, why would I put it on all female card? You know, the fourth and the fifth round, Katie was, you know, wobbly. Yes, 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 I agree. All of that I agree with, but guess what? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 23 of the Good People, Bad Intentions podcast. And today is my guest. I have Ellen Connor. Now, Ellen Connor uh, runs a gym in Souk, a small town in British Columbia. And the gym is Souk Boxing Club, and it's a nonprofit boxing club, which is fairly uncommon. And she has a all-female boxing card that she runs called the West Coast Wonder Woman. And this year, May 20th, 21st, and 22nd will be the event uh, this year. And the, the way I found out about her was actually from uh, Sierra Ishuzade, a previous guest, as well as Wayne Gordon speaking on it. Uh, when they had a team that went from of Canadians who went to Mexico to compete in March with a fight like Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano last Saturday, you know, making history at Madison Square Garden, um, two females to headline a uh, boxing event um, for the first time in 140 years. Number one versus number two. Uh, something that's really uncommon in boxing for, for it to happen and I think if you're in it if you're if you're interested in having a little bit of a reflection on that event this episode will also do that for you but uh, we will be also talking about kind of the origin of the uh, the tournament we'll be talking about women's boxing in Canada because I've seen a lot of great posts that I want to uh, bring up and uh, yeah, without further ado, here's Ellen. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to find out what you have to ask me and what you want to know. Yeah. So first of all, and I want to I want to say at the beginning, I, I'm I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything in, in this uh, interview because I'm not from uh, British Columbia. I, I hear a lot of great things about the place. Um, so. You are from a fair, a fairly small town called you want me to Souk. Say it? <laughs> yeah, good job, Souk, you, British you got Columbia. It right. Okay, you got it right. So you're from a, a very small town uh, called Souk. Uh, what, what's the, what's the population like there? Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's a small town. Okay. I mean, it's a two grocery store town. You know what I mean? Like one McDonald's, one A and W. It's a pretty small town. One high school, right? And it's uh, it's about an hour away from Vancouver, is it? From Victoria, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's from Victoria. Just about an hour away from Victoria. It's okay. as far west as you can go on Vancouver Island. Okay, and um, you are a coach at the Sook Boxing Club, uh, which is a nonprofit uh, boxing we're no, club. We're a nonprofit boxing club. Yeah, I started we're, it in 2016. Okay. And that's that's really uncommon, right? Because a lot of gyms they're usually for profit. So, uh, can you start off by saying kind of what your your goals were, your when you started the gym, and and how things sure. kind of 
on because sure. there's, a, there's a lot of stuff I want to open up with, but I think that'd be the easiest. <laughs> there's probably a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think I have to back it up a little bit further. Okay. So going through a divorce in my thirties, you know, divorce is never easy. I found mm-hmm. boxing in a town Langford, which is about a half hour from Souk. Okay. And I went in there, I was searching for something, went in there, found boxing, fell in love with it. Um, started training, got my young kids into it. Well, my son was, I think, f- seven at the time, and my daughter was five, somewhere around there. And um, my daughter was too young. She had to go to karate. But anyways, I started boxing, absolutely fell in love with it, um, said after one hour of boxing, I want to have a fight. And so trained for a fight. And in my 40th year, I had four fights. Wow. So. Yeah. And uh, then it was, I soon realized that, you know what, it was really hard being a single mom of two kids to train, have fights, you know, because there was a lot of commitment to that. But it was more than just the physical for me. It was it was the psychological, the, you know, just what it did, what it created in my whole life, it it changed, it it changed me. Um, And so I started teaching, uh, helping teach there, helping coach, a, a women's only class mm-hmm. and then my kids still went at this point now my daughter's into boxing okay. and some of the the ladies in souk that i know because i was driving to langford said mm-hmm. hey you know you should bring boxing to souk you should do it in souk and so kind of like yeah okay and so i went to the gym in souk and said hey like what about boxing in souk and they said well you know hum and hod and i said well you know what i'll, I'll just let's start one class and i'll do it for free and so one class led into a whole bunch of different classes. And soon I was finding that I wanted to be a registered club and I wanted to take things to the next level. But the profit gym had different intentions and different goals than me. I didn't, it wasn't about money for me. It was about empowering people. It was about getting people involved in a sport that changed my life. And so I soon found myself with like-minded people because they were buying into what I was what I was showing them. And I opened up my own club just with a, you know, a promise that I, I'm going to give it my all and rented space. And you know what? I, I just did it. I, it was the leap of faith and started the club in 2016. And here we are. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it started. I have a full-time job. I, I still don't take a wage. I don't take mm-hmm. anything from the club. So it's still obviously a very deep rooted passion of mine to make sure that people feel the way that I felt when, because it changed my life. And so that's kind of the Rich Digest version of how the boxing club started. First of all, I want to say that's very commendable because of course, a lot of time, dedication, hard work has to go into running a gym. There's classes, you know, and I I can't imagine that it's easy doing everything, especially uh, having a full-time job as well. So, I mean, wow, like that's, that's amazing. Um, and, and I wanted to say, you touched on a few things like, um, with boxing, you know, of course it's a sport like anything else. And people like to talk about, you know, the Mike Tyson's and the Muhammad Ali's and the, the competitive side. But I liked how you talked about the focus of wanting it to, you wanting other people to have boxing in their life because of how it changed you and made you a better person. I think some people kind of maybe lose that and, and think about boxing as this brutal and bloody sport, but they don't look at, at what it, what good it can do. And, uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. And 
at some point, I don't know what year it was, but you started a women's only uh, tournament called the West Coast Wonder Woman tournament. That's right. Yeah. Can you, what was the first year that that came out? So our first one was in 2018, but again, I gotta, I gotta segue to that. Of course. My young daughter that I told you that was in karate at the club that I started at, she, karate was too slow for her. Uh So she used to sneak down the stairs and then go and hit the bag. And at that time, my, my coach said, you know what, you watch her. She's got something. She, she wants to be down here. Like she, and she wanted to hit the bag and all on her own. Anyways, and context-wise, how old was she at that time, roughly? She was uh, she was five. Okay, five, so she, she wanted six. it at five. Yeah, she was young. She was yeah. really young, and so she, um, I took her out of karate right away. Okay. <laughs> karate was, she said it was too slow, and she didn't like it. Uh-huh. And you know, I, and that just goes to show you that there's sport in everybody. You just got to find that sport. But anyways, um, so she started boxing. And when I opened, actually, when I was training at that gym in Souk, she started um, really getting involved and wanted to have a match and, you know, kind of carry it on. So at 10 years old, she got into the ring for her very first match. And she just, she just, she loved it. It changed her. It gave her a, a level of confidence that nothing else did. And so I started looking at different matches for her and places for her to go. And one of them was in San Francisco. It's called Beautiful Brawlers. It's an all-female card. So I reached out to them and I took her down there. So that was in 27, no, 16, 2016. I took her to Beautiful Brawlers Mm -hmm. and I was just blown away by it. It was all women. Um, It was just a one afternoon kind of thrown together in this gym in um it's right by the beach it was beautiful anyways i looked around and thought wow i was blown away the following year i was mesmerized the first year the following year i took her back and this time you know not through that starstruck eyes but actually looking around and looking at the logistics of it and how it worked and you know really kind of soaking it all in and that's when at the moment that i thought you know what we need to do this in canada we need to do this because it's opportunity And that's really how it started. So I came back here after being down there the second year in a row. And I thought, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this? And how do I get people involved? How do I get people to buy into this? And that's really in it. It's the brainstorming that happened from that moment. Um, It's okay. So I can have a fight card in suit because sure, you can put a card anywhere you want, right? but it's to promote it and get people to buy into it. And and how do I get people to come? And so there was two parts to this. One was, okay, so I get people to come, who are they going to (laughs) fight? Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't have national champions. I don't have provincial champions here. I've got my daughter that's got a few fights, but really (laughs) like who have I got? So then I thought, you know what, why are we making a card just for the elite, just for like the provincial, the national champions? Why aren't we, just like myself, training women, training girls to get into the ring. Because so many women, girls, they they want to do it, but they don't have opportunity to do it. So I created a West Coast Wonder Woman training. So it was six months out. You know what? You want to get trained to get into the ring for the first time, then we can do it. And so that's, so I thought, okay, so I'm going to get, you know, all these women that want to train for a first fight, 
I'm sure that if I put the word out, there's other women in other gyms that are training all across Canada, the States, wherever that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes those gyms, it's a one, it's a one-off, it's one person. So I, you know what? I pounded the pavement. I went on Instagram and Facebook and I looked up every boxing club that I could find. And I sent the messages, personal messages. Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to be involved? Do you have any women in your gym? And so the first year I had 60, 65 girls come from as far as El Centro, California, in all across Canada, BC, every Alberta, everywhere. Like it was incredible. I thought, whoa, like I just did that. That was, that was crazy. And so that was the first year. Second year, um, a little bit more organized, learned from the first year. And I had about 80, 85 come. And now this year registered, I have 108. So, wow, right. Like it's growing. And I have a team from Mexico coming this time. Okay. This is a, this is a interesting segue because, um, the way that I first found out about, uh, your tournament, uh, and, and everything that you've been doing is Sierra shoes a day who, uh, you had an opportunity to go to Mexico not too long ago and compete. Was there anybody that like, were you also there in, in Mexico with, uh, with Wayne and, and, and Stephanie? Okay. So Stephanie didn't go. Okay. So, okay. So Sierra and um, I can't remember the two other girls that came out to West coast wonder Woman in 2019. So I met Sierra and Wayne and Stephanie all of them in 2018, no, 2018, 2019, 2019. And they came out here and I met them. And so we kind of, you know, we met each other and they were here. And then after that, I think it was during COVID that Stephanie reached out to me and said, Hey, like, I know that you are like, you guys are always on the move looking for fights and stuff. Cause I've gone taking the girls down to El Centro, California. I've taken them to Atlanta, Idaho, um, LA, like I, I travel around. I, I, mm-hmm. I go and find the fights cause they're not going to find you right. Go and find mm-hmm. them anyways. And so she reached out to me and said, Hey, if you are finding anything like keeps, keep Sierra in mind and you know, she'll go. So fast forward, I'm putting this team to go to Mexico and that's another story and how that all happened. But mm-hmm. I, I will tell you that. Let me finish this one first. Yes. So I'm putting this team together and, um, you know, there's a lot of girls that I'm reaching out because ones that I meet along the way and that say, oh yeah, you know what? Drop a pad, I'll go, I'll go. Like, put me on your team. And it's called the West Coast Wonder Woman Travel Team. So, okay. You know, it's just another division of what I've created because I guess I can't think of something new and fancy. I just keep adding something to it. So I um, I reached out and anyways, some of the girls were like kind of on the fence, like, oh, I don't know if I can go. And then what happened was we were supposed to go in January, but then... COVID hit again and we couldn't go. And so now we had to postpone it until March. Now I'm thinking, and then I'm just scrolling on my Instagram messages one night, not even really thinking much. And I thought, oh my God, Sierra, I should invite Sierra. But Sierra's in Nova Scotia. You guys are in Nova Scotia. We're in BC. We're going to Mexico. Reached out to, and Stephanie answered like immediately. Yes, let me talk to her mom. Like, this sounds good. I'm like, really? And then within like a day, they were 100% on board. And wow. that's how Sierra came. That's, uh, that's amazing. I, I had her on. I've, I had a, I've 
bit of a chat about the fact that she was going to be going to this event. I seen that she cleaned house. She done yeah. really well. It seems like she made some friendships along the way as well. She was very jovial with, with the people that she was competing with. And yeah. I think it was just a win for everybody. I think everybody had a good time from what I could gather from the pictures and the videos oh, it, that I saw. And you know what? I think that, that more than anything is, you know, in, in this sport, it's the opportunities. It's kind of like when you, you're you on a hockey team or a, a baseball team or a soccer team, whatever, and you go and you have that team atmosphere and those trips are so memorable. But in boxing, you know, a lot of times if you don't, if your club doesn't travel much or maybe you travel just to fight cards that are like within your province, that camaraderie is there, but not as strong as when you travel to another country. You're with a group of people that are all like-minded. Like when we went to Mexico, we had a group of, what was there, 12 athletes, 12 athletes and a good portion. Well, there was like five of them that are 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. And those girls bonded, like, and they connected on a level that you just don't see. And those friendships will be forever, right? And those experiences will be forever. And so, yeah, Sierra completely bonded with with the girls and it was so incredible to see because when we've seen Sierra out here she didn't like it wasn't like a team right whereas yeah. she was part of a team this time and you know what hands down 100% I will take Sierra wherever she if she ever wants to come with us she is part of our team that's right that's awesome I had uh, John Olhauser on a while back the Crandall University boxing team he talked a little bit about kind of what you're speaking about where, you know, boxing is considered the loneliest sport, but right. when, when you're a part of a team, it kind of changes. you got people that can motivate you. Of course, you already have your coach yelling at you while you're fighting, but you have these people while you're training or while you're going around and, 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 and trying to, to figure things out. They're right. there to, to encourage you. And they and, understand, right. They understand and, and it's not, and it's not a judgmental thing. Like they truly understand, like you get into the ring and you, you take a bad hit or you give a really good one. They are the ones that are like, wow, like that was incredible. They, cause they truly understand, right? Not your friends from school, your friends from home. And you know, they, if you're, if they're not boxing hard for them to really truly understand because boxing is 99% mental, right? Yes. It, it's so mental. So I was... yeah, I mean, Sarah was awesome. Like honestly, and Wayne, what a character! What a, we got to know Wayne. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I had him on the podcast as well. Uh, it's it's crazy when he talks about how you know he trained uh, Gerard Butler for Cinderella Man, and he talks about how you know Angelo Dundee had trained him as a pro it's like he kind of it kind of rolls off the tongue you know but the rest of us yeah. were kind of like gasping when 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 somebody says something like that so yeah that's and, cool and that you you're able to yeah oh and he, he was amazing with the team right here's this mm -hmm. team of all these girls we're in mexico like like picture it <laughs> right and he was just yeah you know what i couldn't have asked for somebody better to come along and help me it was incredible like Again, you know what? I consider Wayne and Sierra this part of the team, and hopefully we get to do it again because really those two, they made it. 
you know, they made that, that whole trip extra special, you know, and all the girls that, especially the ones that have been on trips before, yeah. all of them said by far, hands down, that was the best trip. It was the best um, group of people that we, you know, brought together. It was just, inc- it was incredible. I could go on and on about the Mexico trip. It was just, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> and Hey, I'm, I'm really happy to, to hear that because um, as far as boxing, in Mexico, it's big time. I mean, the fighting spirit of, the, of people from Mexico, whether it's in boxing, whether it's in life, perseverance, you know, of course, Canada, we have, uh, you know, I'm from a rural area, we got some of that too. But from what I gather in Mexico, there's always fights going on, um, yeah. which more so goes to your point that I wanted to come back to. Uh, when it comes to the competitive side of boxing, it seems like with COVID and everything that has gone on in the last two years, every other country has kind of still been putting on events. I mean, albeit, you know, maybe they're not following the the world guidelines per se, but like yeah. I talked with Wayne and, and we talked about Sierra too. And it's been a struggle for the, the Canadian, um, you know, especially the elites of the, the sport in Canada to get the fights, to get like, yeah. to not have to go to another country. I mean, you know, John Olhauser with uh, Adrian Roach and Sean Finnegan from the Crandall team, they had to go um, to the States and in, in New York to get some fights. You know, of course that was part of their thing, but they, they were, he was saying like, yeah, it's been the last two years have been hard to get the fights and, and the experience yeah. you need for, the Olympics, the nationals, the provincials. Right. right. And, and you know what? And that's the thing, right? Um, we couldn't travel, right? I mm-hmm. mean, even with the Mexico trip, we were supposed to go in January and we couldn't travel. So for those that, that want that, you know, experience to move on to the next kind of level, super hard. The last few years have been super hard, right? But this is the time that, you know what? Those that kept training, that's that dig deep it's the correlation to life again right it's the correlation that that life sucks there's a lot of shitty things that happen in life and it's the ability to keep moving forward to get up right it's like it's the cliche but it it's a hundred percent so accurate like it it wouldn't be cliche if rocky did say it himself in like five five times yeah uh, i I know so yes no it's actually really good advice it's everybody says it but it's actually true if yeah i mean it resonates with me because it's so i mean it correlates to my life exactly right of course um now the funny thing about going to mexico so we come out of this pandemic i gather this team of females to go to mexico tell people hey we're going to fights in mexico and people look at you like what you're taking a team of canadian women and girls to mexico that's like taking a hockey team from mexico coming to canada what are you doing? And I'm like, it'll totally be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be great. It's a great experience. right? And even there's been time, there was times when I was training because I had three 12 year olds going and two of them had fights before. And one was brand new. Well, I mean, she'd spar with the girls and stuff, but she was new. I'd never had a fight. And uh, people would be like, you're taking a 12 year old to Mexico for her first fight. Like, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah, I maybe, maybe. And then when she'd be sparring, I'd be like, you know, I, am I doing the right thing? Uh. <laughs> like, am I doing the right thing? Anyways, fast forward to Mexico. Yes, those girls had tough fights. They were tough fights. 
But you know what? They are better boxers today for going through those tough fights because now they know that, you know what? It's not just go in there. You have to go in there and try your all because if you don't, I mean, those Max girls, they're fighting for something. They're, they're fighting for, you know, for their generation, their, you know, for their next, they're hopeful. I mean, hopeful in the sense that maybe boxing will save them. Boxing will get them out of their poverty, out of like, give them something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different, it's a, it's a different journey for them. It's completely sure. different. Right. And for some of them, some of them, it wasn't. And some of them, you could definitely see that this is, this is their ticket out. Right. And so it's a different level of, you know, of what they're fighting for. Right. But so it was great experience because for our girls to see that and be part of that, um, incredible. Right. And just to go to another country. I mean, when you talk about sport travel, I mean, that's a win-win, right? Yeah. I I really like what you were touching on about the whole travel thing, uh, especially during these times, because uh, I'm not going to put any names out, but I've heard from some people that have been trying to go to other places for competition. Uh, maybe not so much now, but maybe a few months ago when things were looking really grim, they were getting kind of a little bit of a backlash, you know, like, oh, like you're, you're not, it's not safe to travel. Why would you risk this person, that person? And then there is, of course, like, I'll say this for the, for the first thing, my favorite boxers are Mexicans. Uh, but there is a stigma about going to Mexico as far as safety. I mean, uh, it was, uh, San Diego, uh, the police in San Diego were saying that across the border in Tijuana, they didn't recommend their, their spring breakers to go down for spring break break. So there's been like some, some issues there. And can you kind of comment on your overall experience? Like are people misguided and, and, and not wanting people to travel? Well, I think that you have to realize where you're going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go to like Puerto Vallarta and Cancun, where there's high um, tourism and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, but there are safe places in Mexico. I mean, yeah, of course, you just have to do your due diligence and do your research. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you how our whole Mexico trip came about. So in 2018, when we had West Coast Wonder Woman, I invited a club one of the ones that i found from el central california okay and so they came up and fantastic people um fantastic people they came up and then they said oh well we're gonna have an all-female card down in el central california so we decided okay we're gonna go to we're gonna return the favor we're gonna go back to el centro so we did our card was in april Mm-hmm. of 2018 and theirs was in september october of uh 2018 so just a few months later so we go down there and prior to that i had aaron tohill do you know who aaron tohill is you have to look her up she oh. was a professional boxer she did mma for a while she now gets into bare knuckle fighting really? she was an american gladiator I think, you know, Aaron I did, was, uh, how do you, you is, it, is it Aaron with an A? It's or an E-R-I-N. E? Okay. I'm uh, thinking it might be somebody that I had researched prior to this interview, but I want to, so, and then. Aaron Tohill. Oh, Tohill. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
pro boxer, so now, gladiator. Yes. Okay, uh, so. <laughs> from Chicago. Yeah. She's from Chicago, but she lives in LA. Okay. So now we're backing up a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm no, no. Hey, hey, it's no problem. If, if you can kind of keep track of where I'm going. Actually, here. okay. I saw, I saw. Okay. Don't worry about the that thing. Um, Aaron, uh, I saw uh, in a video and I was wondering who that person was because Aaron has tattoos on her neck. Yes. And I was like, okay, who is this? Because I like the ink. I was like, I can, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So I was wondering who that was because I was like, I wasn't seeing any more stories. So I was like, is this one of your fighters? Is no. okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So when I opened the club in 2016, I decided that we were going to, you know, and remember I told you that my daughter, I was finding her yes. fights and stuff. Yes. And um, I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to, so after the second yeah the second beautiful brawlers i decided hey you know what let's go to la for fights so i rented a motorhome took three young kids down to la for fights <laughs> really at uh, grandpa's boxing gym in la okay. okay just this boxing gym found a fight for all three of them went to grandpa's boxing gym in the way in lineup to get the kids weighed in there was this female fighter and now I'm just trying to remember her name because she's gone um, pro MMA and she's okay. doing really well too. Anyway, she was boxing at the time. It was okay. like her second fight. Okay. Anyways, and we just got talking to her in the way in lineup. Go figure, right? Yes. And so I was just talking to her. She couldn't believe she was blown away that I rented a motorhome, brought these three kids down <laughs> to LA for a fight. She's like, like, who are you? Anyways, and so we got talking. She's like, you know what? You have to meet my coach. You have to meet my coach. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Who's your coach? Aaron Tohill. Aaron okay. Tohill was her coach. So I told her about um, about what I wanted to do with the all-female card and what I wanted to do because I wanted to put on an all-female camp, training camp, like a week long, have females all come in, see another division of West Coast Wonder Woman and have this all-female camp and have a guest coach come up. And so she told me a little bit about her history. And I said, hey, would you be our guest coach? And she's like, well, hit me up. So went home wow. and a couple months later, I hit her up and I said, Hey, do you want to come? And she's like, I'll come. I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, so we had Aaron Tohill come mm -hmm. to our all female training camp at the time. So she came two years in a row at okay. the time she was dating Labrado Andrade. Do you know who that is? Oh, you, uh, I can, Labrado I can look, Andrade. So look, look him up. Rado and then so L A L I B R A D O. Okay. A N Andrade. A N D R A. -D. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I got your attention. Yes. Yes. Okay. A Mexican former pro boxer. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now he also works for PBC Boxing. Really? So, so do you know PBC Boxing? Of course. Yes. Of course. Okay. You know that that is Al Heyman. Yes. Okay, so Labrado and Al Heyman, that's Labrado works for Al Heyman, and Labrado is Al Heyman's right hand man. Labrado does all of PBC boxing. He, he goes to all the events and organizes all the fighters, takes care of them all. Really? Yeah. Okay. Small so, world. Small keep up, world. Keep up to my story here. Yes, of course. So, okay, so then El Centro, California. So I have this this club from El Centro, California come up and we decide we're going to go back 
to El Centro in October, I think it was September, <laughs> October. So again, we take a team of females down to, to El Centro, Erin now, because she's been with us. She meets us in El Centro and she helps corner the girls because she'd already done the camp with us. Right. Oh. So she says, Hey, there's a PBC boxing event in Ontario, California. Labrado's got tickets for you guys. Who wants to go? So a lot of the, of the people that we took, they were flying back right away after the fights. But so a good friend of mine that went another coach, my daughter and another fighter, well, there was the four of us were like, huh, we'll go. And so we went and that's where we met him. And we uh-huh. had front row tickets, like all comp. He met us at the door. Like it was incredible. Like we got like, so like, backstage. like t- it sounds like a TV show. It sounds like a TV, like Big Brother, like, okay, everybody, you know, we're going here, you know. I know, it was incredible. Anyways, and we actually ended up staying in the hotel where all the boxers were staying. And, yeah, and so we got to meet all of them in the hotel lobby. Labrado's sitting there, we're sitting with him, and all these boxers are coming up to him and showing him respect, right? And he's introducing us. Like, he's introducing us, and it was just incredible. And so, you know, the girls are off, like, talking to all these pro boxers, getting pictures and it like, it was totally over the top. And so we start talking about why doesn't PBC have any professional women signed? And that kind of was the segue into our conversation about opportunity for women, opportunity of why I was doing what I was doing, why I would rent a motorhome, why I would bring, you know, and do that for the kids. Why would I bring a team of Canadian females down to El Centro? Like, why would I put it on all female card and just talking about, you know, opportunity. And he started talking about that, you know, like he was like, yeah, I I don't know. And he says, from where I'm from Mexico, you know, the girls, they don't have opportunity. And in fact, you know, once they reach a certain age, they really don't have any opportunity unless they're the cream of the crop and they have, you know, but it's so corrupt and, you know, like you have to pay so much money to be in the right association because there's different associations you know that feed into the olympic team like like there's so much like you know mapping there like and it's all money-based and driven on on a different level and so that started the conversation between him and i that was in 2018 like that started that years ago and we kept in contact. We kept talking. We kept talking, kept in contact. He followed what we were doing. Um, I think it was just before COVID hit, after our second West Coast Wonder Woman in 2019, he said, you know what? Like, I see what you're doing. I want to bring your team to Mexico. I want the girls, like our girls in Mexico, to have the same opportunity to, to, to you know, realize that they can have hopes and dreams and, and have opportunity of, of an international fight. Some of these girls have, have never been out of Mexico. They've never been out of their own state to go and fight um, because a, maybe they're not the cream of the crop or, or they're, they're the girls. Right. Um, so it, it's all about opportunity. So anyways, COVID hit, that was, you know, the end of that plan. And then, you know what? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? the desire and the perseverance was still there from both of us to make this happen. Right. And that really is how it, it was a conversation that was started that we just kept nurturing it. And then that's how we ended up going. So he's from San Miguel de de Allende. I can't say it properly. It's outside of Mexico city. Okay. Um, 
and his hometown is very close to that. And um, one of the coaches that he's been working with, her name's Lara, mm-hmm. and she has a club there. And she had been training, you know, girls. And that was really the, the essential contact. And so we went to San Miguel. And San Miguel, if you actually look up San Miguel, it's one of the safest cities in the world. Okay. So when people say, oh, you're going to Mexico with a team of girls, like, what are you doing? Well, actually, look up San Miguel. It's, it's super safe. Mm-hmm. And so he, him and Laura and, and their whole team met us at the airport, and they took care of us. All the fights were, were made. And what's most incredible about this whole trip was it wasn't just for the elite fighters yes we had the sierras and we had other ones that are the elite fighters but we also had a 50 year old woman having her first fight in mexico fighting a woman that's in her late 30s that boxed as a kid went away from it to have you know to get married to have children she was actually came back to the boxing club to lose weight because no one, like, who would ever take a chance, especially okay, a, a boxing nation like Mexico, who would take mm-hmm. a chance on a woman boxing, you know, in her 30s that's already had kids, that's just trying to lose weight? Who would ever take a chance on her to have a fight? Right? It's incredible. Now, that same woman is coming to Canada to have a fight. That same woman. Now, that's what opportunity is, right? But that's what life changing, how boxing is or can be. But it's, it's the opportunity. And so between Labrado and Lara and I, it, it's giving these ones that, you know, for a lot of people, they would have been overlooked, right? But it, again, it's why not? Why not them, right? And so that's how it all kind of came about. And so the team from Mexico, we met them at the, and that was their first time for an all-female card in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just for the elites, right? Which was so unheard of, right? So it was all about the opportunity. And then, you know, fast forward to Saturday night when you see, you know, Amanda Serrano and Katie Shields, or Katie Shields, Clarissa Shields was there as well, but yes. Katie Taylor, right? Yes. Like you, you look at those and now you think, okay, now, okay, PBC, like, is it now time? Like, how much more can we prove? Yeah, that. Right? I'd love to hear your thoughts just on on that fight. It was it was such a lovely fight, and it was history, right? The first the first females to headline a Madison Square Garden card in the hundred and forty years or so that the Garden right. has been having boxing fights. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it live. Yeah, like it was incredible. And you know what? Like yesterday and today, I've had so many people say, Oh my gosh, like, did you think that Katie Taylor won? Do you think that Amanda Serrano won? Like, who do you think won? What about this? What about that round? Right. You know, the fourth and the fifth round, Katie was, you know, wobbly. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. All of that I agree with. But guess what? It didn't matter who won because women's boxing won. Yeah. That's who won. And so, and that's why Amanda Serrano was so happy at the end, because you know what, what they did, it didn't matter the outcome, because really, would we have a conversation if Amanda Serrano won by a split, right? It would be the same narrative. The fact is that women's boxing won, right? They showed the world that, you know what, it's our time. It's our time. We can do this. Um, Now, the next thing is the three minute round issue, but that's a whole nother that's another topic yeah uh do you want to just give your comment on whether or not you well, think uh bo- female boxing yeah, should think, be three minutes 
well, why isn't it three minutes? Right? They're saying that women can't do that. Like, come on, really? Did they not just prove that? But I think that there has to be some sort of transition period. And I can't remember what commentator was talking about it. But what about making it 12 rounds? Okay, right? Leave the twos for now, make it 12, and then add to it, you know, make make them two and a half minutes, like add to it. You know what I mean? Don't just jump to threes. I think that like change it a little bit, tweak it and see where we're at. But as far as women doing threes, 100%, come on. Like you ask any woman in any boxing gym, what do you train? Like when you're sparring, are you doing threes? Well, of course we're doing threes. Yes. Like really? Come on. Right? And and I wanted to say, because uh, there was a lot of, you know, I, I tried following all the press to stay informed about everything about the fight. And there was kind of a consensus that was going around between Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul. And they were basically saying uh, Amanda Serrano was okay with it, uh, but that Katie Taylor declined due to, uh, you know, believing that she should get paid more for doing more of the, the more work or more, more time in the ring. However, I did see Katie Taylor talk in one interview about how the WBC um, had some type of restriction where if that new uh, rule set were, were to be in place, that that, that um, belt wouldn't be on the line and therefore her undisputed status wouldn't be on the line because Katie right. Taylor has been undisputed since 2019 at, uh, at lightweight. And so this fight, she believed Katie Taylor uh, that this fight was that um, would be it's it's supposed to be the biggest fight ever, and they want she wanted to have every all the marbles, right? Um, and, and that makes sense. But but again, I mean, whoever said the argument of the money? Okay, so if we were talking about two men, and men were said, okay, we're well, going to have a fight. We're only going to pay X amount of money, and you're only going to two two minute rounds. What would the men say? Right. Like, like put it back, put it back to the other side of the coin, right? Or if they said, okay, we're going to pay you this amount of money based off two-minute rounds, but we want you to fight three-minute rounds, but we're not going to give you any extra money. Like, really? <laughs> like, if a man was sitting in that position, you know exactly what would come out of their mouth to say, like, if that was presented to them, right? Yeah, they want the, they would want the full, the full three, I right. would think. So, but... So why is it different for women? You you have an absolutely uh, like that's a, a really good point, and I totally agree with it. I mean, the UFC um, since they've had their women's division when Ronda Rousey came in, um, they've always had the same uh, amount of fight uh, fight time, you know, duration three fives or five fives uh, as men, and I think it's a little odd that that things are the way they are. Um, I will say also to add on to it adds a little bit of drama to looking at the, the, the fight that happened this weekend, because as you know, in the 12th round, like Katie's knees had buckled like twice. Uh, she was looking like, you know, as far as the power uh, that Amanda Serrano was having a, a better, a better go with the power, um, right. but not, but, but, like the major then, consensus that Carissa Shields has has said in her analysis, which I agree, is that if you look at the fight from more of an amateur perspective, as far as points, who had the cleanest shots, Katie Taylor takes it as far as uh, I forget what specific rounds off the top of my head. But if you look at the actual damage dealt, 
and and that aspect and the fact that if you were to not have cut those rounds the way that they were Amanda Serrano might have came victorious if that if it was yeah, three minute know, rounds but you know this is the lovely thing about talking about a fight after the fact coulda shoulda woulda yeah right? of course coulda shoulda woulda this is what we're dealt with yes the fourth and fifth round Katie got hurt but guess what Katie tried to go toe-to-toe with Amanda Serrano. You can't go toe-to-toe with Amanda Serrano, right? No. But then she started to box her from the outside, right? And then you saw how she adjusted, right? It's boxing. You adjust. You either adjust or you don't adjust. She adjusted. And guess what? But again, why are we talking about the specifics of it when at the end of the whole fight, it didn't matter? No. You know, you didn't, see, you didn't see Amanda Serrano say, oh, you know, I got ripped off. Uh, you know, you didn't see any of that. And in fact, she said, she came over, and this is the other lovely thing about female boxing, is did you notice that both coaches came over, you know, kissed the cheeks of the other fighters, were very um, supportive of the, of the whole thing. And then Amanda Serrano, you know, when they were talking to her, she actually stood up and said, I actually wrote it, women's boxing, we're trying to put women's boxing on top, and all of us have come together. We can't have one person talking bad about another woman. This is a woman's sport that we are trying to grow together. We can't be against each other. Women are s- supposed to support women to make this big, big, to make this as big like it is, right? She said that at the very end, you know, and the commentator was like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, but he was like, next, right? Listen to those words, right? That's why she was happy because it has to be, no one is going to march for us. We have to do it together. Right. So if you're slamming down other female boxers being a female, who the hell's going to pick you up? Right. And, and I, I, Cam, uh, George Cambosis Jr. didn't become uh, uh, undisputed. I, I had to look that up, uh, or until female wasn't undisputed. But it's funny contrasting uh, the Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fight with like uh, George Cambosis Jr. and Teofimo Lopez because, you know, they Teofimo Lopez loses that fight and him and his, you know, father have whatever they go. And it shows so much class to Amanda Serrano that she's able to look beyond just her own personal gain and look at the, the big picture about what both of them are doing for female boxing and, and right. making history. Like... Right. I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, there's like a consensus with female boxing that is not within male boxing where we're kind of all in this together. We're all, we're all like on the same boat, you know, right. and, and the men, I find they tend to just want to shake the boat, even though, Hey, we're all boxers here. So if I do something bad uh, to you, it does something bad to all boxers. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and you know what we can we can hash out every round, but yeah. the whole point of this is is the fact is that women need to support women because you know what? If you probably I mean I wasn't there, but I do know lots of people that were there and they were women. Okay. Supporting women. I mean, yeah, there was lots of guys there, but you know what? It just goes to show. And I think that with everything in the last few years with people changing the narrative and people coming out and saying, you know, I, I want more equality. I want equal playing time. I want more. And even with the pandemic, it was a real microscope shot onto where what's happening in our society and what's happening with, you know, of everything from our indigenous to, to our women, to how we, how we've been kind of oppressed in a lot of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the black lives matter that came about, 
you know, I think that that people are starting to stand up and saying, okay, enough, right? It's it's our time. It's it's not just, you know, the white males, you know, it, I'm not, I don't want to shoot them down, but then <laughs> I'm just as bad, right? You're I'm not, not saying that. You're not, you're not offending me at all by, by speaking that. Okay, but I'm, I'm not trying to, like, I'm just saying that it's time that others got recognized for doing what we're doing, right? Because I think for, and it's generational and it's instinctual that women have always kind of taken that back seat. And then you talk about race taking the back seat, right? And, and it's all kind of the same. We're in that back seat trying to, to be recognized, trying to have some sort of voice, some sort of say, some sort of equality. And I think that with the pandemic and everything that's happened, people have had enough. People have said, okay, no, you know what? It is our time and we can do this. And, and female boxing is just one element of that, right? And, and look at how this has all come about. Three years ago, would that fight have happened? Do you think? No. No. You know, what about the Leila Ali's way back when she was starting out? Would that fight have happened? And she was the daughter of Muhammad Ali. And she didn't get the platform. Right? She's from boxing royalty. Yes. You know? Um, you've got fighters in Canada. Jelena um, from Edmonton. I'm not even going to attempt her name. But you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Eight times world champion. Right? Do you know that people in Canada still don't know who she is? Right? They don't know who she is. That's, that's a shame. Right yeah. now, if she was a male boxer, eight times world champion, everyone would know his name. Why is that? Right. And people can say, oh, it's on marketing. It's on, you know, this or that, or, you know, she doesn't have a social media presence. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Right. Because you know what? We have women that have risen right to the top and it's still not enough. Right. And so what these two women did at Madison Square Garden, they shone this big, huge spotlight on women's boxing and women's equality, leveled the playing field, whatever catchphrase you want to say, they just shone that light on it, you know? And it, all those women that are in gyms across the world, you know, at, at every little corner of the world, training, you know what? They're gonna see that and think, oh my God, maybe there is an opportunity, right? I don't know if you've looked at our social media at all. Um, we put out a thing. Lloydminster Boxing put out a thing on uh, the history of women's boxing. Did you read that? I'm glad that you brought that. If it's okay, um, yeah. feel free if you want to read it because I actually shared it and spoke with Lloyd and said I wanted to talk about it with you. So if oh, you yeah. want to, I mean, I, I, I can include it uh, in this podcast if you're, if sure. you're, if you're watching include it. it so uh, yeah. So Lloyd Minster actually went a little bit step further. So I posted the first one. So first of all, I will tell you and a huge shout out to Lloyd Minster Boxing. Yes. Um, 100% behind their females. You know, when I started West Coast Wonder Woman, that was one of the first clubs that said, yeah, we're coming. And they now, that's on their docket to come every year. They, okay, right? Like, it's incredible. And they, they train a lot of females. They empower females. It's not a gym where, you know, you're a female and you don't get an opportunity because guess what? That still happens today. There are clubs. So what they did is they sent me this article and it was, uh, now, if you look, go, 
on my f- social media, it says, please take time to read this. Is that the one that you're looking at? Yeah. A little bit of history, female yeah, boxing it, Canada. Okay. So that's theirs that they shared. And then this is the first one that they sent me was an article from the Western. So it, it is okay. Let me hear read. This article is from a magazine that was put out in 1994 at the Western Canadian Championships held in Lloydminster. A bit of history. In the 1970s, females started to join amateur boxing clubs and started to train. But by law, it was a law that they weren't allowed to compete. The penalties to the clubs that had women attempt to compete were loss of club licenses, heavy fines, loss of sanctions, as well as loss for their males, the ability to compete. So if you had female in your club, and you were trying to like squeak them through a competition, you could lose everything in your club. In 19, in the 80s, serious attempts to challenge the laws were made to no avail, as even the media ridiculed females who box as freaks, <laughs> as freaks. They were freaks in the media. And the highest power, the Director General of Sport Canada, shockingly a female, declined to support. So there was absolutely no support in the 80s for females to box so if females were training in your boxing clubs at that time it was more underground right it was more they couldn't compete yeah they could train but and even at that you know if the clubs would even allow them it wasn't until 91 1991 when caba put a committee together and published medical rules for female competition so female competitors which served as a model for other countries including the usa so Canada set the tone, which is incredible if you think about it. Canada, we're yeah. not even a boxing country, right? And the very first sanctioned amateur boxing match was in Sydney, Nova Scotia, July 29th, 1991. I was born in 1971. Okay. I was born in 71. This wasn't until 1991. That makes me sick. Like, why? Why did it take so long? Right? And then people ask me, why do you put on an all-female card? Well, you know what? Read this history. It's one of those things where it's a double-edged sword where I'm happy that we were able to make that fight happen, but it's like, come on, like that late? Really? Right. I mean... And women weren't in the Olympics since, well, 2012. 2012. Right? you think about it my daughter was born in 2005 2005 2012 women can finally go to the olympics with boxing like this is ridiculous i have one of the fighters that she's actually coming back to wonder woman this year her name's loretta armstrong she's out of edmonton okay she she's just 40 now she's been boxing for quite some time do you know that she won several nationals, but she could never go anywhere. She boxed, but she could never go anywhere because where do you go? Right. I mean, 2012 was when we could go to the Olympics, but prior to that, so women could start boxing amateur in 91, mm-hmm. but from 91 to 2012, think about that. Where were those women? They were boxing, but they couldn't do anything with it. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can go and be a national champion, but you can't go anywhere. Like, how ridiculous is that? And you know what? We were told that was okay. That's the way it was. Well, you can go and be a national champion, but it didn't, like, yeah, okay. It meant that, but you couldn't go to the next level. So the generation that we have, the Sierras and 
and other girls that, that are in this these positions now, Sierra's 17, you know, it's about bloody time. But why did it take so much time? Right? So anyways, I'll get off my soapbox now. But <laughs> hey, no, no, I really appreciate the realness about that. Because I think that's one thing at this podcast that I want to reveal or, or have is being real about, you know, something like that. I mean, again, you're very passionate. We're, we're both very passionate about this sport. And we see the positives that it has in, in everyone's life when it's a, when it's a part of their life. And we just wonder, it's like having uh, a medicine in your cabinet that you've had for hundred years. And all of a sudden now we're like, Oh, uh, you guys could go and use that now. You know, we had it there for like a hundred years, but finally right. you can actually use it. I mean, right. boxing has been around for, for so long. And I mean, right. we, as far as female sports, I mean, we've been doing really well, Canada with hockey, with soccer, you know, we've, we've hosted quite a few events, you know, we've had Olympics down here and I'm surprised that, um, we haven't pushed the envelope, uh, even more. Cause yes, we, we are pioneers. We started the, in 1991, as you said, in, in Nova Scotia, but, we could have, we could have probably done something even more than, than just 2012. I mean, that's a long right. time. Right. And, and so now you fast forward to why I do the wonder woman. So yes. it's, it's, there's kind of levels to this too. Right. So there's the, the ones, the elites, like the Sierras that, that deserve some opportunity and deserve competition in order to have those opportunities and, and to go to the next level. Right. Yep. We have to give her competition so she can rise to the top and keep going and keep having that. Right. If she doesn't have those experiences, you know, the others that are getting those experiences are going to leave her behind, right? So she has to have those experiences. Mm -hmm. So there's those ones, but then there's the ones that like myself, I went through a divorce. I wanted to, to do something. I was searching for something for some meaning, you know, maybe, you know, nothing spoke to me on the, that level. And so really you think of boxing in most gyms would be like, yeah, whatever. Like you're, you're not boxing, right? But I think that you're missing the boat on that because there are hundreds of women just like me that in that predicament that are looking for something, some sort of sense of purpose, some sort of sense of belonging, empowerment, whatever you want to call it. Because um, you've boxed, you know that it speaks to you on a different level. It's more than a sport. And I think that's the biggest thing that people need to understand. It's more than a sport. Right? It's more than a sport. And what women are doing is they're finding they're finding their ground in the ring and it's not about the opponent across the ring from you it's about their own journey it's finding their own inner belief their self-confidence um okay and let's not let's not kid ourselves body image yeah. right and, and the fact is that we're a sport that it doesn't matter what size you are right no i have a super heavyweight who freaking cares right you want to get in the ring and mix it up and you want to find that empowerment and find something that speaks to you that knows that, you know what, no matter what life throws you, you are okay. Because really, don't we all want that? Don't we all want that feeling? Right. And, and boxing brings that to you, you know, and don't, don't fool yourself. It's still a sport in the sense that, you know, somebody is trying to punch you, yeah. but train properly going through everything that you have to go through you can gain so much from it. So when I decided about the Wonder Woman, 
there had only been one all-female card ever put on in Canada. And it was uh, like an elite Ontario Quebec. And it was invitation only. And so when I first, you know, announced that I was going to do this Canada's first all-female card, Mm -hmm. I was corrected very quickly and (laughs) told that there was already one. So anyways, there you go. There's my full disclaimer. So we were actually the second, but (laughs) so when I, so going forward, I didn't just want the elites, right? As I explained. And so now, you know, it's quite the mix of the elites and the ladies and the girls that are coming for their very first fight. We have tons of novices, tons of open. It's a real mix. But the whole point of it is kind of like what Amanda Serrano said. It's being able to come together to promote each other, to make the sport as good as we believe that it is, right? And that we have our place there. It doesn't matter, you know, you don't have to be the provincial champion to have a bout. You don't have to be, you know, a national champion to get the opportunity, right? It's opportunity for all. Because I'm telling you, if if we said, say you know of a guy that's maybe in his 30s and he wants to box and he's getting into the ring for the first time, you wouldn't think twice about him having his first fight. You wouldn't think twice about it. But why is it that we think twice about it when a woman does the same thing? Right. I mean, and it's funny because I still get these these emails and calls and messages from women all across wherever, all the corners of the world. You know, I just recently had one and I'll get to what I'm saying, saying that they don't have opportunity. I recently had one where her gym doesn't believe in female boxing. Well, not in female boxing, a master boxing. So a master is over 40, right? So (laughs) what do you mean you don't believe in that? That to me floors me because I'm telling you again, like if the shoe was on the other foot and a guy wanted to have a fight and say, you know, he got really into fitness and wanted to have a fight, always dreamt of it, but never did. And then he had an opportunity to, you wouldn't think twice. Now you have a woman in her fifties or forties that wants to have a fight. Why is that so different? Why do we look at that so different? I'll give you an answer. It's not different. It's not different. So why is the opportunity not as available? Right? Anyways, it's just frustrating. So that's another reason why I do it. It's for those that don't have that opportunity. Not, you know, it's for everybody. And it's about networking, you know, and the Mm -hmm. thing is, if you've been to a card before or a fight card Mm -hmm. and a fight night, you'll see that they they typically all run the same, right? Big competition, you know, um, it's a lot of fun. You know, usually there's lots of drinking, right? It's it's a lot of fun. Like fight nights are freaking fun. Like, don't get me wrong. outside of the ring sometimes. (laughs) Like, they're fun. They're fun. (laughs) But- our all-female card, it's a, it's a little bit different because in the sense that I want, we're all like-minded. Obviously, yes. we're like-minded because we're all coming to suit for the same reason, boxing. So what I want them to do is learn from that about the networking, exactly what Amanda Serrano said, work together, go back to your clubs. You know what? You see a new female coming in and she wants to fight, mentor her, You know, encourage her you know create female teams create the narrative where we can talk about the fact is that you know what there is opportunity out there you just gotta you 
you know, we have to believe in each other and help each other. Right. And so eventually we will change that. And the same as, you know, young girls getting into boxing. I've had so many different people say to me, especially when my young daughter, when she was younger, would get into boxing, they'd say, Oh, aren't you worried about disfigurement? Are you aren't you worried about, you know, oh, your your girl's gonna be butchy, she's gonna like what? <laughs> Again, what's the narrative in your head? Right? Like, I don't get that because for one, you put your young girl in boxing, a hundred percent tell you your girl's gonna have confidence. She's gonna have self-esteem, she's gonna have confidence. She's not going to have the body images issues that a lot of other girls that don't aren't involved in sport, right? She's going to have a sense of purpose. She's going to have a spring to her step because guess what? You've just given her so much more, right? Why wouldn't you want that for your daughter? In disfigurement, give me a break. I mean, boxing, there's checks and balances, right? You know that. Yes. Um, you're not throwing a young girl into the ring or anybody into the ring and it's not a, a survival mode. You teach them amateur boxing. You teach them, you teach them offense, defense, you teach them, you know, it's a process just like anything else. Do you think that, okay, I'm going to put little Johnny in hockey. Do you think he's going to the NHL to have an NHL game? Like right off the hop, like, come on. Right. But it, but it's so true. People automatically go to that or they go to a movie. Oh, have you seen that movie? You know, um, what is that one with, um, Oh, it's the female movie that everyone talks about where she falls oh. on the chair. Is it the newest? In the corner? The newest? Uh, Hillary Swank is in it. Hmm. Oh, see, now this is, this is movie trivia. I'm not so good at. Uh, is Cinderella, ba- no. Million Dollar Baby. Million, Million Dollar, dollar baby. baby. Okay. okay see, uh, I got the prize. I got it first. So remember how she falls in the, the corner, sitting in the corner and the chair breaks or something? Yes. You remember? And, and it's so sensationalized. And people yep. automatically go to that, right? And she was ended up in the hospital. Remember that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But parents of young children go to that. Do you know how many parents I've had asked about that? Do you really think that your 10-year-old daughter is going to have a professional fight and end up in the hospital? No. Right? <laughs> like... I mean, okay. I, I mean, if you're maybe if it was a, a beginner going against a master, I mean, maybe well, or like a advanced but, person, but that okay, but but a sanctioned fight, like really, like, no, like, okay, common sense does prevail sometimes. Like, come on, yes. Anyways, but this, those are just and you some have of the, the third things. person, and you have the third person in the ring that's hopefully right. you know, and the right. coach that's watching their of course fighter that know they know, but but the thing is, you know what. There's checks and balances in amateur boxing for a reason. You know, you're not going to have a 10-year-old that weighs 95 pounds fight a 16-year-old that weighs 120, right? No. This still is a weighted sport, and it goes by experience, right? You're not going to have somebody that's novice fighting open. Now, if they did do that mixed match, then it's an exhibition. And an exhibition is completely different kettle of fish again, yeah, right? No winners. So, and uh, Right. And it's more like sparring, yeah. working together, right? Yes. So, Which- most people would say that sparring can be almost even more uh, dangerous than, than the actual fight. I well, mean, the cumulative senses, damage. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of senses. Sure. You know, and then, then there's, there's the things that give 
female boxing a bad rap and boxing in general was that young girl from Mexico that came to Montreal. Yes. yes. Right. And you, you think about things like that. Okay. So what's the backstory on that? Okay. A, because I talked to Labrado about this. Yes. A, there's so many people in Mexico that are willing to sacrifice for that payday. Right. Yep. So did she have any right getting into that ring? No, she didn't. But they wanted the payday. They should never have put her forward for that. But I mean, here we are again. We can't be backseat drivers and, and, you know, talking about that. But I think there's checks and balances in place for a reason. Yes. And I think that due diligence is is a key factor in all of this. You don't know who you're bringing in. Know who you're, who the fighter is. And I know that when there's something lost in translation, it's hard. But again, do your due diligence, right? Because nobody wants that on on their fight card. No, of course, of course not. not. No. And that but. was that was a very horrific time because, I, and I remember it pretty well because there was, you know, some some. And I, I actually want to, um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to look up her name. I want to give her that recognition and, and anybody no, that, do. yeah, um, yeah, do. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I apologize if I um, butcher the pronunciation. Uh, it's Hinet Zacharias Zapata, um, 18 year old, right? Uh, that died in at Montreal, Quebec. Um, the card, which by the way, I, 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 I is a very horrific thing, and it's also a very horrific thing for her opponent uh because she, yeah like nobody that's in boxing wants i mean y- y- you want to win the fight you don't want to do something like that not at and, that cost not at that cost no and it was group group of all michelle who was the promotion um right and and this was a huge ripple in the boxing community um a lot of people were obviously uh really upset and and in a very dark spot for a while about the state of boxing. And we thought we were beyond this, you know, in 20, uh, it was 2021, I believe. Yes. September 3rd was, uh, when yeah, this it's article. not that long ago. Wasn't yeah. that long ago. So but we you thought know we were beyond that, but. But are we? Are we? I don't know. But I are we? So. I mean, just my own observations. Yes. And I'm not going to say names or anything, but oh. you see it even out West. Not, I don't really watch the scene in Montreal, but yep. out west, we have these fight cards, and these Mexican people are brought in, Mexican yep. fighters, yep. and they are, you know, boasted that they have these incredible records, these just like incredible records from Mexico. They come here, and half the time they're not even in shape; they're mm-hmm. pudgy. And are we bringing in punching bags? Are we bringing in sure wins for our males here? Because really, that's what it's looking like. Because and so I talked to Labrado about that, and he said that in Mexico, like even in the amateur ranks, so when we were fighting these girls, it's really hard for them really to have a proper, true testament of their record because they don't keep records like we keep records. We have our blue books for amateur boxing, and that book, that blue book follows you all through your amateur career. In Mexico, 90% of them don't have these books. 
right? They don't have them. And so, and they consider at a younger age, sparring a fight because think about it, their sparring probably is a fight, right? Yeah. So they don't, Mm -hmm. right. So they don't really, they don't like control and keep their records. Like we keep our records. They don't, it's just, they just don't. And cause I, I talked to him about this. I said, well, how can you not do that? He says, they just don't keep the records for what, especially most of these Mexican kids, you know, adults, whatever, they're not leaving Mexico, right? They are in Mexico. So why even have a record? Why, why spend money on a record book? We don't need a record book. Right. And not only that, there's two different associations there. So mm-hmm. what association do you belong to? Like it, there's no point in even having a book. So now let's flip it over to the professional side. So professional side, you know, you got guys that are working out in gyms and stuff. Opportunity promotion company comes from Canada and says, Hey, or they know somebody that knows somebody. Hey, I need a pro fighter for this card, this weight. Yeah, I'll do it. What's your record? I don't know. Let's figure it out. See my point? Yes. And it's, it's important to keep that record um, to know what bouts I'm not saying that that this was a, a poor record uh, keeping because I can see on BoxRec that she had lost. Um, the, we're talking again about um, the the Mexican uh, boxer that we were just yeah. talking about that passed. Yeah. Uh, you can look on her BoxRec and you can see that you know if we were following the right guidelines, I mean this fight shouldn't have happened. Um, but I, I wonder to myself now, like without the records, I mean what more fights could have maybe gone on that we didn't know about that, you know, a fighter maybe was fighting in Mexico, uh, got, got badly injured from a fight and then came overseas for another fight came as a, you know, all the bouts undeclared, so to speak, right. you know, got knocked out the the week before and then came here and it, it really paints. I want to, I want to segue uh, away from this because it does really paint a very grim photo about uh, boxing, but I really do think it's important that we are bringing this up because we don't want this to happen again. Uh, Boxing, boxing is life, you know, boxing Boxing is life. It's not take away your life. Exactly. But anyways, I mean, I guess just like any sport and boxing is no different. There are some downsides to it, right? You know, the corruption of boxing has been known for years. Yes. You know, there, there are some downsides to it. I'm hoping that, you know, as we evolve, as we go forward, that there's going to be checks and balances even more so, right? So that we don't have the, you know, an 18 year old from Mexico that's just starting her life, lose her life, yes. you know? And, and so hopefully we learn from this and, and move forward from it. Um, I think we've had a really good discussion uh, already about kind of the gym, um, the event, um, we've talked about, you know, going to Mexico and then obviously we were going to be with, uh, uh, this upcoming event that I would like to get to next. Uh, we're okay. going to have the, some, some women from Mexico coming down. So first of all, uh, I want to say that I want to give the correct time. So May 20th, 21st, as well as 22nd, uh, yes, three days, three days, and Souk BC, we're having, is this now the third? Third. Uh, yes. Uh, the yes, third, third post Wonder Woman uh, event. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's two, 
two weeks and, and some change. I, I know. Don't, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, freaking okay. out over that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's still going on. So, so much to do yet. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and that is something that, that I think was a little missing that I want a piece that I want to get from our earlier conversation. Uh, do you have any background in entrepreneurship or business? Because a lot of people don't really have that drive that you must have where you see something and you start translating in your own head, how can I make this happen in my own community? Can you talk about that? And then secondly, can you talk about the impact that your events had on this fairly small town? Like, has this been a big boom in the business? Well, okay, funny that you should say any of that because no, I don't have any entrepreneurship. I don't have any business savvy, business sense. I have none of that. Okay. Um, my background is at 19, I joined the Navy. Oh, <laughs> I joined the Navy. Um, I was one of the very first females on a destroyer out on the West Coast. Wow. So I think maybe trailblazing is more of my entrepreneurship. Okay. And then I was in the Navy for seven and a half years. I left on the Friday and I went to corrections on the Monday. So I'm a correctional officer. Okay. Federal, federal correctional officer. So 31 years in federal government. So there's no entrepreneurship. There's no business degree. There is no marketing degree and, and everything. In, there's no web design degree. There's none of that. So everything that I've done and created has been through a passion of equality, um, having a voice, and just believing in something so wholeheartedly that, you know what, I'll figure it out, or I'll ask somebody to help me. You know, from our website, having a good friend of mine at work create it, to, you know, reaching out to people saying, oh, I don't know how to do this, can you help me with this? And just using my voice, you know, and really saying, why I want to do this and why it speaks to me in, in so, so deeply. It's so deeply seated in me that, that I want, I want to share it. I, and that's really the drive for it. It's really the drive is to share that experience with others. Um, so do I know what I'm doing half the time? Hell no. Do I figure it out? Yeah, I figure it out. Right. And that's really where it's kind of come from. Um, as far as our, our little town of Souk, I mean, it's the same thing, right? People, small towns are great. There's pros and cons to small town, right? Small town, especially ones that have had, you know, generations of people, of families that have been here forever. And I'm sure that in Nova Scotia, it's the same thing, right? There's generations that have been in the I'm same small a, town. I'm from yeah. a small town in Yarmouth, okay. fishing community. So you, okay, uh, so you know exactly what I'm talking okay. about. I am not from Souk. I did okay. not grow up in Souk. So I am a transplant to Souk. Okay. Even though I've been in Souk 19 years, you, I am not old Souk. So everything that you do is that you still have to be proven, right? It'd be no different than, than somebody moving into your hometown and starting something. People are cautious. People are like, whoa, what the heck? Are you, uh, you know, fly by the seat of your pants? Are you here one day and out tomorrow? So it's taken time. It's taking time to prove that I am not just here and gone to, here today, gone tomorrow. So now that I've had the club since 2016, Souk is much more 
embracing. I'll put it that way. They're much more embracing. Um, when we first started, you know what? And granted, it, it's kind of like bringing a stranger into your family. You want to see if that stranger is going to be around. You know, you want to see what that stranger is all about. And trust is built over time. It's not just given, right? And so for our small town and, you know, embracing us now, yeah, it's a heck of a lot better. Do we have a ways to go? Yeah. Um, if you think about what's being created by bringing West Coast Wonder Women to suit, I mean, the, the sport tourism is crazy. Like you think about 108 athletes and their families and their coaches, you know, Oh, my cat's tail are coming, <laughs> are coming to Souk, right? Yes. And we are promoting Souk, right? We are promoting Souk. But I don't think of it that way because I, I'm not a business like, yes. I don't have that business sense. I don't think of it that. I'm thinking about the other side of the coin in creating opportunity for women yes. that I didn't have. So yes, it's a ripple effect in the business. You know, there is a ripple effect to it. But when I started that, when I started this, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that wasn't even my thought. Yes. So for you to even bring it up kind of makes me laugh because I think, wow, that's really not, that wasn't the intent. No, no. I, I, I understand that wasn't the intent. I'm just saying like we often uh, attribute these types of attributes that you're displaying, you know, the initiative, seeing something and, you know, trying to make an opportunity where otherwise there wasn't. We often attribute those those characteristics to an entrepreneur or somebody yeah. that's in business. So, uh, but you can also, because you're a nonprofit, you can also be doing it for the social, uh, you know, the social aspects and trying to improve, you know, the overall situation that we got going on. Right. And, and yeah, and exactly. And, and I do it for a different reason. It's quite often that I have these conversations with the profit gyms, right? Especially uh -huh. the ones that, you know, when I'm talking to them about, you know, you should really like get. By the way, when you said profit, Jim, I was thinking like, uh, you know, ones where there's like Jesus on the on the wall. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, for profit. Okay, yes, yeah. I thought you're like some type of uh, Catholic church that was run down <laughs> no. and they they put a boxing ring in it. The profit. No, 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 no. Okay, no, the, no. okay for so profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the okay, profit okay. ones, ones that are yeah, actually yeah. turning turning a, a coin, right? Okay, I understand. So when you think about these, you know, profitable gyms, yes, and you think about who's coming out of those gyms, you know we have these coaches in all these clubs all across Canada, wherever, and they're really trying to make the next champion, right? Yes. And you see that all the time. They're trying to make the next champion, whether it be male or female, but they're trying to make the next champion. And so their focus is on the elite, especially in the, the 20 year old age, right? And you think about how many women are in those gyms training, maybe a couple. Now, my sense, now, if I was running a profitable gym, this is what I would do. Yeah. Okay, everyone take note. <laughs> because yes. this is what I would do. So you've got all the 20-year-olds that are coming in and you see some prospect with them, right? Especially uh -huh. some, you know, there's one cream of the crop and you see some prospect and you think, oh my God, I got a provincial champion on my hands, maybe uh -huh. a national champion. Okay, then you see the 40, maybe 35, 40, 50-year-old woman. She's training her ass off. She wants to get a fight and you're like, oh, yeah what pain in the ass right uh -huh. now think about it who's got money the older who's one got money? the older one yeah the older one maybe she's divorced maybe she's already had her kids uh she's probably already you know into her career or maybe at the end of her career she's got money 
right? No, this is strictly thinking profit, right? Yes, thinking business. So you take the 20 year old and you put all your time and energy into that 20 year old, A, they're, they don't even have a career yet, or maybe they're going to school, mm-hmm. right? They're not married typically. Now they may box for the next three to five years. And then what happens? They don't have any money in the meantime either. So travel is already, you know, fundraising. So they don't have any money. They may go, but they may not. Or maybe they go so far and they realize that they don't have the talent. You've just put all that time and effort into somebody that is not paying your gym, <laughs> right? Like, think about it. Yes, the notoriety is awesome. You got that name for yourself. But really, is that paying your bills? I would, if I was a gym owner like that, I would focus on developing more women and older men. They have the money, put some more time and effort into them because guess what? I'm a hundred percent sure that they will pay for the one-on-one sessions that you're, that you're offering at 90 bucks a crack. They're paying for a membership without a, a bat of an eye, right? You want, they want to go to fights. They want to travel right? Like, I don't know. Am I stupid or what? I, Alan, I just don't understand Alan, that. I got to say, you're not stupid, but you're not dark enough. Let me tell you what you do. You, <laughs> and, and I've talked to people that have owned gyms, so it's like no secret, and I'm sure you have too, but a lot of those gyms, they like to do these packages where it's like three or four months or five months, you get this, blah, 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 and they are betting that nobody's going to come back after the first week or two weeks. And the thing is that that's really important about what you've been saying this whole time about what you're doing, that belief that you've been putting into the people that usually are, are, are put, put to the side, right? You are ensuring that they have that belief in themselves to continue through and, and, and go beyond that week. That was two weeks. Right. There's like, right. like Ronda Rousey is a perfect example. She had, uh, you know, she went to uh, the Olympics for judo. You know, I think she got a bronze medal at the time. And then uh, Edmund Targaryen, the infamous coach, head movement, head movement. Uh, he had this gym open. I, I know this because I read the My Fight, Your Fight book. It's pretty yep. good. It's pretty good. I and- haven't read it. I want to read it. This guy who who never had any female uh, fighters as a coach believed that he, she wasn't worth his time. So she spent a year working Great. at that gym to try to get his attention, and finally he did. And of course, the you know everybody else knows the rest of the story. But that that's not every like it would. It takes an athlete to have the dedication to go a year without even being given any. Uh, spotlight like you got to give it's like it's like gardening guys you got to give every plant a little bit of sunlight a little bit of water if you just leave it to itself it's gonna die right right but the thing is okay so as a profit base though yeah who are you like think about who's gonna be paying you like if if you solely money is your the parents the parents (laughs) right yes i don't know i 
and so maybe I don't have a business sense. Maybe I'm all wrong, but no, no, I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, might be not as nefarious as, uh, as I, as I was thinking, I was like, Oh, where is she going to go with this? But no, you're totally right. Uh, if you wanted to focus and, and I don't understand why people more gyms don't do that because yeah, you might get a little bit of that notoriety from having that really cool champion, but do you want one really cool champion or do you want like 10, like, well, like professionals that actually, you know, are able to pay, pay extra for the privates and stuff. Um, well, I mean, and you think about gyms and, and they're always selling the privates and, you know, going to the, to the next, you know, like, Oh, pay, 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 pay. Right. Yes. Especially the profit ones, like pay for everything. Yes. Um, and if you're all about that, again, uh, those people are going to pay the money. They're not even going to bat an eye out of it. They're not even going to try and negotiate and wiggle something out of it. Right. Like, like, I don't know. And the 20 year olds, they're not, they don't have 70 bucks or 80 bucks. Well, They don't have that. Right. And if they do, it's a one-off or they want to work for you because they want to work it off now. Like true. So anyways, there's my business, um, my business savvy. (laughs) Hey, I, I really liked, um, cause Speaking about uh, corrections, I've talked about how uh, the uh, the fight with Teddy Atlas is one of my uh, favorite uh, podcasts. It's it's inspired me. I was having a conversation with the co-host Ken Rideout last night in the DMs, and he's actually his background was corrections, and oh, wow. he met um, Irish Mickey Ward, who was in corrections as well in Boston at the time. And there is somewhat of a relationship with a lot of uh, a lot of people in corrections, police, et cetera, law enforcement uh, that get into boxing uh, and especially in the States like uh, New York and, and things. They, they have like leagues and and gyms that are a part of the uh, department or whatnot. And they, they continue. Yeah, the, um, what is it? The PAL. There's a lot of PAL. Yeah. Uh, police academy league or whatever it's called in the states a lot of them are are funded by police forces and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah you're right we don't have that in canada though no we don't yeah we we just don't have that in canada and it's interesting that we don't because really like who's funding our non-profit boxing clubs right Think it about that. Seem like the people that are involved more so, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the people that are involved. Whereas in the states, they are funded by different organizations, like I yes. said, the PAL and all that. Yes. Um, we just don't have that here. And I don't know whether it comes from, I mean, in the states, it's from the inner cities, right? And where they were trying to create um, places for kids to go and you know and feel that empowerment and, and have a sense of belonging and, and not be part of gangs and and right and join in boxing and and all the wonderful things that we've already talked about the benefits of boxing right and i think yes. that that's where that kind of all started from and that would make sense that police departments and police leagues would pay for that yeah. makes sense to me um we don't have the same here but why don't we like not that our kids are getting into gangs and souk, right? No, <laughs> but no. there's still, you know, I'm sure there's still things that happen in small towns that, you know, that, that kids can get into trouble, right? Of course. And to find, find a happy avenue for them, right? Um, a positive avenue. I mean, we still have it here in, in our small town, right? It's yeah. finding a, a positive outlet for kids. Um, I don't care where you are or what generation you are. It's always been that way. 
right? And giving kids that don't fit into mainstream a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, right? If you don't have a little Johnny and he's not playing hockey, or maybe you can't afford hockey, mm-hmm. right? Or you can't afford um, baseball or soccer. Um, boxing is always a great alternative, right? And, and a lot of people just don't even think of that because for a while there, boxing was really, it was kind of put on the back burner. It was forgotten for a few years, right? Yeah. And it wasn't, it was just, it was kind of like it disappeared, right? We had the glory days of boxing and then the, it kind of died off and then it came back again. And then it kind of died off. It's like it ebbs and flows. Yes. Right. And so I think now that, um, you know, with, with amateur boxing, the way it is, and maybe it's coming back again, maybe it's going, I don't know. It's hard to read. Right. And I mean, you look at the corruption of the Olympics and, and everything that's happening with that, you think, Oh, are we on a downturn now or where are we going with this? Right. And it's really hard to predict, but I do know that that fight on Saturday night for women getting into the sport this is going to be a a pivotal point right it it is a pivotal point i made a i made a graphic um today about undisputed um champs and i can send it to you later or but i just want to uh i did i did like a little bit of research about uh you know the covid era like all the undisputed champs that have happened since covid because it seems to be like the trend every champ now wants to have all the belts and i'm looking at and and i count clarissa even though technically now she's not undisputed but if i look at the list i got one two three i got four females uh you know franchon cruz discern uh was also uh, somebody who became uh, undisputed uh, Saturday night, like that's right. Taylor, that, that was uh, I think her second, second or third time uh, undisputed. Um, and yeah, there's there's actually currently on the roster of of uh, boxers, there's more undisputed females than males. We just got uh, Josh Taylor and Canelo as uh, and of Interesting, course, isn't it? Uh, uh, when Devin Haney and um george cambosis jr fight in june uh that might change but you know it's 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 wonderful we're getting these big fights and then we're also getting the women are getting the fights that men right generationally have never been able to get to like there's so many fights that like everybody wants terrence crawford versus errol sprint spence why why hasn't it happened and everybody wanted Floyd and, and Pacquiao, uh, Manny Pacquiao before. Manny Pacquiao for years happened. and it never yeah. happened, right? I know. Now the women are fighting each other. They're not scared. They're fighting the best. And so, it's like. So what, is, what does that tell you then? What is, what is that saying? What's, what's the messaging again? All in it together. They, they just want to progress the sport. They want to get the. 100%. Yeah. 100%, right? And it's all about what do we need to do to promote this, to promote our, our sport to promote ourselves, to get more people to buy in, to buy in the sense that, you know what, we are, you know, entertaining. As Amanda Serrano said, look at the round at at, um, Madison Square Garden. It was sold out. You know what? In the one round when the bell went, they actually talked because the ref didn't hear it go, and they actually talked and stopped fighting themselves (laughs) because the ref didn't hear the bell. Like, right? I, again, it's so crazy. It's almost like I don't, I don't know how to c- compare it in a politically correct way, but it's like two people that have gone through like a, a trauma or a similar thing and they just 
they kind of know, like, you know what I mean? It, it seems like they just both know like how hard it was to get to where they are and the respect. And it's, it, again, I don't, I don't see it with males. I mean, yes, but there are respectful male, male right. fighters, but it tends to be that that's not what sells. And no, but women fight for different reasons, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, men, you know, and I've said this quite a few times, men get into a ring to see who's got the bigger balls. Uh-huh. Right? Like, yeah, really? Like it, it's all so, I, I don't know. It, it goes back to the caveman ways, right? Cavemen. You, you think about cavemen, oh, bump them on the head. Who's got the big, right? Like, yes, it, yes. It kind of makes sense if you think about it, right? And women, it's different. It's a different agenda. It's a different, it's a different motive, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be a winner, but it's a different motive. Right. I, I don't know. Hard to, for me to articulate what I'm trying to say. If oh, you get I, it, you get it. I do. I do get what yeah. you're saying. We, we've kind of touched on some of the personal things that, that you were going through that boxing right. had, had kind of rectified. Um, right. I want to, I want to move now the focus to something that's kind of boxing, but kind of, not. are you a fan of movies and more so are you a fan of documentaries yourself? <laughs> yeah i'm a fan of documentaries <laughs> okay how does it feel to have a documentary about this project and yourself being made by uh, Skef, uh jeff uh scott, yes, scott shaw, shaw. Yeah. um you know he's, he's got a team um what does it feel like this all-female card uh documentary that's in the in the making um film incredible um when he first told me that he wanted to do it you know I, I should start with how it started yes so when i told you that i decided to do west coast wonder woman in 2018 mm-hmm. um i cold called i messaged i did everything right i i got the message out there as much as i could you know and those that took a chance on me you know they took a chance on me they took a chance on what i was what i was setting up and what i had said that i was going to do one of them, one of the females that came up was a female from Seattle. Andrea is her name. Okay. And she reached out to me and said, hey, I am so-and-so from Seattle. I am on the Washington State University boxing team. It's a collegiate boxing team. And she said, um, I'm so-and-so this much weight. Can you get me a fight? I immediately answered, yeah, I can get you a fight. I can get a couple fights. Do you want a couple fights? <laughs> she's like, what? And so she came up with her dad and she only, and she's like, well, do you have a coach that can quarter me? And so um, I had Eliza Olson coaching her from Beautiful Brawlers because they came up. And so look up Eliza Olson, WBC champ. She's being inducted to the Boxing Hall of Fame. Eliza Olson. See, I'm making your research lots of stuff here. Yes. Uh, Eliza, E-L-I-Z-A, Olson. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So she ended up cornering uh, cornering Andrea. So Andrea came up okay. and had... By the way, Eliza Olson, I have seen in uh, in some of the, the videos that I've seen. Yes. 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 So it all makes sense. So because uh, there was mentioned in some of these videos, which I strongly recommend everybody check out uh, the YouTube channel, All Female Boxing Card. It's all female uh, card. All right, yeah, so just all female, female card. card. Um, but I, I, I do, uh, I didn't know that pedigree 
existed with uh, Eliza. So, wow. Right. Okay. Incredible woman. Incredible. Anyways, okay. So, Andrea said, okay, well, I'll come up if you can get somebody to corner me. So, sure, no problem. She came up, and I really didn't know on, like, you got to think about it. I am one person. I'm the chief cook bottle washer of everything that happens, right? Yes. So I don't have time to get to know everybody's backstory as they come. You want to fight? I'll get you a fight, right? So I didn't really have a chance. Like I knew a little snippet of Andrea, but enough for me to say, yeah, I got you a fight. I'll get you cornered, right? Came up, had a fight. Next thing I know, I'm getting this email from this Jeff Scott Shaw. I'm thinking, who is this guy? So he emails me and says, hey, I'm Jeff Shaw. I am a filmmaker. I'm doing this badass series on, on different women in Seattle area. Um, and I'm doing a feature on Andrea. And I understand she had a, a boxing match at West Coast Wonder Woman. Basically, do you have time to chat? So we ended up talking. It was back and forth for a bit on the email. Ended up talking to him. And he told me more of the story of Andrea. So she was going to university on the university boxing team, a collegiate boxing team, and they had gone to nationals. So the NCAA national collegiate boxing, right? Yes. Again, we don't have that in Canada. They have it in the States. But the thing is, she never got a match because, and this is only in 2018, you got to remember, she, she couldn't go to the collegiate nationals because her weight class wasn't at the collegiate nationals. 2018. She's 165 pounds. That's not an abnormal, overly big woman. No. Our average is 150, right? Like a women's natu natural average in Canada. I think it's 150, 155. Yes. Um, she's 165. Tall girl. Like, seriously? Like, she couldn't get a fight? Anyways, I didn't know that backstory on her. Yes. And so Jeff was telling me that he was doing this series, Badass Women. And one of the women that he was featuring was this other female from the collegiate boxing team that had gone on to the collegiate nationals, obviously a smaller weight class, yep. and she had won. So the best in all of USA universities, this female. And so he had done a story on her. So when he went to go meet her at the gym, he met this Andrea working out on the bag, and he ended up talking to her. This is before Wonder Woman, before she had her match. Uh -huh. And he was intrigued by the fact is that she had trained on this team was quite capable, was ready for a fight, but couldn't find a fight. Couldn't find a fight, couldn't go to collegiate nationals. And so he was intrigued by her because she was training just as hard as everybody else. And so he had said to her, you know, like, if you have a fight, you need to let me know because I want to come and, and like come and follow you for your fight. I guess she had one set up somewhere in Washington or maybe it was in Portland, can't remember where. And uh, it fell through, right? Mm -hmm. Which happens a lot. Yes. And then I guess, you know, fast forward a bit of time later, she messaged him out of the blue and said, hey, I had my first fight. Okay, see how this starts now? I had yes. my first fight. And he's like, what? You didn't, you didn't tell me? Like, blah, blah, blah. Where did you have a fight? Well, I had a fight in Souk, BC, Canada. What? And now you can start the, the ball rolling. Like, how did this happen? Next thing you know, he's messaging me and saying, who are you? What have you done? And what are you doing? And so he decided that, you know, there was a, a bit of a story here. So I did a little blurb for his, you know, coffee book kind of badass series for Andrea. Mm -hmm. And he decided that he was going to come up to Souk and, and just see what we were doing for the 2019, was it the 20, yeah, 2019 
West Coast Wonder Woman. So he came up, he got a, a local filmmaker, Kelly Conlin, Nice Lady Productions on Instagram, to come and meet him in Souk. He brought a sound guy, just a crew, a crew of three, and um, they mic'd me up. Kelly followed me around. I don't even think she even said hello to me in the beginning. I think she said hello and then because she mic'd me, she, so they didn't want me to know, like to feel like I was mic'd. And so they followed me around. And next thing you know, at the end of that weekend, instead of this short little snippet they were going to do on us, I think they were talking about like a 15 minute little, you know, snippet of what we're doing to now they've decided to switch gears and they're going to do a full documentary. And so that's kind of how it all came about. And now, I mean, Jeff's been to Mexico with us. He, the very first all-female sparring event that uh, we organized in Vancouver happened yesterday. He drove up some from Seattle and he filmed okay, that. Okay. Right. Like, so this is a, this is, this is something like, and how do I feel about it? it it's overwhelming. Like, I think, wow, do we really have a story here? Um, I guess so. Right. Um, I'm honored. I didn't think that my story was any special. Like I, I didn't think that it was, but I think that what it is, is like I said, it, it's the timing. It's resonating with people. You know, what Amanda Sarando said on Saturday night, that's what I say. She's preaching my, to my choir. Like that's what I've said for so long. Like we need to come together. And my whole mantra of West Coast Wonder Woman is um, building each other up, not beating each other down. Mm -hmm. I've said that since I started this, since I started boxing, right? And, and so it's just funny how it's all come, come full circle around. And now like somebody actually wants to film that. And so it's over, like, it's, it's humbling and it's overwhelming. It's, you know, I'm honored, but it's not just me. It's not my story. It's, it's all of the women because everybody that, and you know, this yourself, everybody that steps into that ring, there's a story, there's a why there's a story, there's a reason, right? And if you dig deep enough, you will find that reason, right? And usually it's a personal reason. There, there's a component to it because really it's all about you, right? Yeah. And so it, it's pretty special when you can dig into that and, and peel those layers back and realize why people do what they do, right? Yeah, and and I actually had watched some of the behind-the-scenes videos. Uh, I, I Sorry, it was like a podcast uh i think it was pre or no sorry it was it was maybe last year or so that was talking about kind of what happened because they went through as a production a lot of issues as far as you know they wanted to get to that funding stage and then yeah. the pandemic happened and yeah. i'm really really glad to hear that uh, they've been still following you and keeping up on that so would you say that it's fair that this is going to be this, this feature film is going to be uh, like a compilation of, of everything that from uh, was it 20, it was 2019, 2018, 2018. 20, no, so be, no, 2019, 2019. So yeah, 2019 till now. You know what? It's so funny because I asked Jeff, like when he, like when he came to Mexico or even when he, you know, he's come to my house. He's followed me to work. He's, he's done uh -oh. interviews with me. Like, uh oh, <laughs> no, not, not, you know, but like, and I keep, like, no, I ask him, I say, like, is this good? Or like, is this what you want? And he's like, and he always answers me. No, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah. 
and and I wish that I could see behind the scenes his vision as to where this is going. But he just keeps assuring me that this is good. This is good. I saw I saw your cornering in and again like the sneak peek and and I I could see like there was this love in the corner that, you know, this, like, you got this. I remember you were saying something along the lines of you got this, given that reassurance, you were, you were staring, you know, uh, your, your fighter, like, you know, giving them, giving that confidence. You weren't looking around you. And, and I, I was like, wow. Like, cause I, obviously we hadn't talked prior to this episode. So you always wonder to yourself, what's this type of person like, and everything that I've gathered before this interview is showing that you are an amazing person and it's been such an honor and as kind of an ending piece, cause we're getting close to time. Yeah. I, I want to, yeah. I want to ask you this wonder woman. Have you heard from DC? Are, are they, are they going to do a wonder woman comic where you are wonder woman? Are they going to do that? <laughs> I just, I, I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm just wondering, does DC or Marvel Comics, are they going to make a comic? Well, you know, what's really funny is is I actually had girls just want to box because they want to get on board and, and yeah. really be part of what we're... It's Pardon me, that's the other thing that I keep saying, and I, and I see that I have five minutes and 45 yeah. seconds, but I see <laughs> that. Um, you know, and I keep hashtagging this or, or even saying it, um, this isn't a moment. This is a movement. This is a movement. Yes. Um, and that's my new my new mantra. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to say it over and over. But anyways, they got a hold of me and they actually said, you know, like DC comments, you, comics, they might be a little pissed off <laughs> that yes. your logo is so like copyright. You know, again, okay, going back to your question about my business sense, clearly not there because I no, didn't even no. think that. It's actually the opposite. It is good business sense. Somebody, uh, I forget who said, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for, for <laughs> permission. permission. So you... you. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman is... I mean, I don't know if you grew it's up iconic, watching Wonder Woman. Right? Yeah, it's iconic. She's iconic. Yeah. So... Right. And, and you know what? The reason why I chose Wonder Woman is like, who doesn't freaking love Wonder Woman and for what she stands for? She's so powerful, right? you know, a huge icon of when I was a kid, Wonder Woman, like think about Wonder Woman. And the fact is it go, it went with West coast, right? So I was putting it all together. And then one of my fighters in the first year, I said, you know, West coast Wonder Woman is so long. We need some sort of catchphrase. So she came up with, we can, we will. Whoa. WCWW, we can, we will all fits. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Now, and I, that was not planned. That wasn't by design. It just happened. So some things are just meant to be, I think. Now, as far as DC Comics, I would love for them to reach out and not be mad at me, but say, we want to jump on board. <laughs> I would love that. But hey, I think they got, they got more issues with people trying to share their new movies on, on these illegal pirate sites. They got more issues right. with that than somebody that's trying, that's got a vision that's trying to, you know, improve female boxing. I mean, well, just female empowerment in, in general, right? If Okay. If I was working for DC and I saw what you're doing, I would hop on. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, if they you must... got any connections in DC comic, every, anybody that's watching or listening, like, I know, I know a guy in the, the comic, the comic shop that, uh, you know, he, 
<laughs> doesn't he doesn't shower that much and you know <laughs> well he, no maybe he's not got cheetos not. all over his hands but he might know oh a guy. my goodness you might know a guy hey uh we're getting close to time uh you've been really gracious uh i had a lot of technical issues in this one more than i've ever had uh but i really right. appreciate you coming on uh not trying to remind you but fairly close to the event and that could be a very stressful time uh, for somebody in your shoes. So it means even more that you've come on here and shared your story. Um, you know, good people, bad intentions is all about sh sharing fighters and their stories. And more so than that is getting involved with things like mental health, uh, getting females into the sport. It's a very important part. And so it made absolute sense for me to have you on. And it's been an honor. Thank you so much, you know, and thanks for reaching out because you know what, this is what it is all about, right? You know, networking and four and hour time difference too. Like, I know, woo! right? You yeah. must be tired. Nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm, all ener I'm energized. Wonder Woman. I, it just brought me back to being a kid. <laughs> well, it makes you want to get in the ring now. Hop in yeah. there with those, you know. <laughs> well, no, isn't it uh, Hayabusa? They get those uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, do they have Wonder Woman gloves? They, they do. Got I to. think they do. Okay, yeah. they got to. If they don't, they're gonna. They're gonna. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, you're going to get on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I, I think we should do this again. Uh, I really want to see... Um, you know, the results and I'll, and I'll keep everybody informed about the results of your event. Uh, I want to, when, when the film comes out, which I think it's, it should be no matter of time, right. It's, it's, that's right. Uh, when that film does come out, I'll certainly be pushing it. I'll be watching it. I'll be putting my popcorn in the machine. <laughs> so well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And, and uh, I guess, I guess that's it. Take care. You too. All the best to you and keep in touch. Okay. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good People, Bad Intentions podcast. I had a really good time talking with Ellen. I'm really looking forward to seeing the results of this upcoming event. And also, I'm really excited to see um, the all-female card uh, documentary come out. Uh, it looks like it's very close to being at least filmed. And then we'll see how long the uh, post-production process is. But um, as always, everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast... Um, I strongly recommend on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's YouTube that you like, comment, and share, or if it's on uh, something like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we're on all the platforms. If you uh, leave a like or a, or a rating, it really does help out with the podcast. And uh, also, if you're if you're wanting to make sure that you don't miss any of the podcasts, make sure that you're subscribed on the platforms that you listen to. So that way, when a new episode comes out, you don't miss it. And like always, everybody, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, I hope you have a good rest of your day or start to your day. Maybe you're driving to work like I often do listen to podcasts. Uh, in that case, have a safe drive. So, uh, yeah, take care and we'll catch you next time.